Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. It is just me once again this week. Marshall only comes out of the word woodwork for the important episodes, and Patrick's probably on a drinking binge somewhere. Who knows? So you're stuck with me. Uh, now, if you tuned in last week, and judging by the ratings, you didn't, uh, you heard about uh, the dirty Peoria water we have here, and I figure I might as well get you up to date with the situation here, because it's getting pretty dire. I mean, like I said, the Peoria drinking water tastes like ass. It's basically like sewage water. It smells? It's disgusting. Can't drink it. Terrible. Peoria Sanitation's got to figure it out. So we rely on this uh, at the fraternity house here, uh, living like a bunch of zoo animals. Uh, we rely on this, like, filtration system from Colgan. Uh, and it's a pretty nice, like, thing they have. They have a hot water thing, get a cold water one, uh, room temperature. I don't know why the hell you'd want room temperature water. I figured just hot and cold would make sense, but they have that, too, if you're into warm room temperature water. Well, anyway, the thing broke. It's a piece of crap. It's leaking. We've had it for a while. It's been here since 2011. Uh, it's no good. It's leaking water all the floor. It stops working uh, randomly. So we're at a water shortage. If I want water, I have to lug a bunch of gallon jugs to the gym every morning and then fill them up there. I look like some hobo filling up all these jugs here. So we we, we, we call the Colgan people, and they're trying to give me the old runaround. They're like, oh, well, we'll, we'll tell the manager have them call you back. Never called me back. Uh, next day, same thing. Oh, call him again. It's like, hey, uh, we called yesterday. Um, why didn't uh, Why didn't you call us back? It's like, oh, I'm I'm sorry. I don't know why she didn't give it to him. Uh, the the manager. We'll we'll let you know again. Uh, we'll we'll let him know. They'll call you back. All right, great. So we wait another day. Still don't call us back. So I call the third time, and now I'm kind of pissed off because they they think they can give old Mitch Kaminsky the runaround like that. That's eh, not gonna happen. So they try and do the same thing, and it's like, all right, pal. So we're playing hardball now. It's like if you don't figure it out and replace this damn machine. We're walking. I don't even know if I have the authority to do that, by the way. But, you know, I said, we're going somewhere else because I think we have a contract with these people. Well, what do you know? You play a little hardball. They said they're going to deliver a machine. So the uh, water shortage is almost done. But knowing these hacks, uh, it probably will take another week for it to go. So we're still we're still fighting the, uh, the, the war against the dirty Peoria water here and Colgan. Uh, you know, we have a lot of great sponsors on this podcast. I will never endorse them. And that they're crappy customer service, at least the Peoria location, that is. Anyway, now that that's off my chest, I gotta tell you, folks. <clears throat> not not a great mood today, if you can't already tell. I was watching some spring training baseball, which baseball puts me in a good mood. Love baseball. Baseball's back. White Sox are back. 2021 World Series champs, at least the AL Central Division champs. Looks like we got a good team this year. I'm watching this game yesterday. And I know it's just an exhibition game. They don't count. The scores don't matter. They're just out there for shits and giggles at this point. you got to get some reps in. And I didn't realize, well, first off, it's a six-inning game, which I kind of like the six-inning games. So, you know, it's short. You can't, in the middle of the day, um, it doesn't take up a whole three, three and a half hours, especially for an exhibition game. But, I, you know, I write for a couple White Sox blogs, so I sit down and watch the game. I was going to make a day out of it. You know, I made myself a lunch, had a drink. Sitting on the couch, have a little scorecard out like some base, the baseball nerd I am. I'm keeping score, looking at all the young prospects we got. And we have a, the first inning. We have a rally. We hit three runs. Andrew Vaughn launches a home run. Then we get a guy on first base. And there's only two outs. And all of a sudden, the Texas Rangers start walking off the field. It's like, whoa, what the hell is going on here? They just walk off the field. Apparently, there's a pitch limit because there's no... Uh, minor league, the minor leaguers aren't up. It's not the, the expanded rosters like they usually have. They had to cut it down due to COVID. So uh, to protect the pitchers and their arms, that's why they're doing the six inning games. And they have a pitch limit. I think they had like 20 pitches or whatever. If the manager wants to take them out, they can. 
So I was like, well, okay, well, that's, that's, uh, that, that sucks. It reminded me of you, Darvish, last year. The Sox were playing the Cubs. So I was like, all right, yeah, we got three runs. There's a run on our first two outs. Not, not a huge deal. Well, the second inning comes, and the same thing. And mind you, this is the same. They put the same pitcher back in. It would be one thing if they pulled him after the pitch limit. They brought the same guy back out. So clearly he could throw some more pitches. Comes out the second inning. White Sox load the bases. Jose Abreu comes to bat. The former MVP. We're probably going to get some runs out of this. And they walk off the field again. What is this? The first two innings, they did not record three outs. Then later in the game, if that's not bad enough, White Sox are down. Now, if you're, you're now, I'm not, a, I am a degenerate, but uh, if you are a complete degenerate and you bet on this game because they offer lines on FanDuel and points bet or whatever, and you're bored, you wanted to make the spring training game interesting, uh, watching a bunch of guys that are going to be bagging groceries in a couple week pitch isn't interesting enough for you, uh, you, you can bet on it. So imagine you bet on this game, and now the White Sox are trying to come back because they're down by two runs after the Rangers decided to just walk off the field uh, two innings in a row when the White Sox looked like they were going to score. Uh, White Sox start coming back. Uh, they load the bait. They tie the game. Uh, Zach Collins draws a walk. They load the bases again. Load the bases again. What do the Rangers do? They walk off the field again, and the game ends in a tie. And they had three chances to score. And I know it's just preseason, but we're trying to build a winning culture, and damn it, I want to win no matter what it is. That is bullcrap. I hate the rule. It's stupid. Why bother watching the game if you're not even going to play it? Just walking off the field, making up rules. It's crap. It's crap, I tell you. I hate it. They need to fix that. Get some more guys up there. The vaccines are coming out. We need more pitchers. They at least let them... Ah, that, that was terrible. That was so frustrating. That's so Because that's just right when the game's getting excited. Like, baseball is not an exciting sport as it is. Like, you have to really love it if you're going to sit down, especially a spring training game. And you got the bases loaded. And you get a prospect coming up that's trying to make the team. Well, I think it was Luis Gonzalez was due up. I want to see him in this situation, see what he can do. And they just walk off the field. Hate that rule. It's disgusting. It makes me sick. If you do that, you're a coward. Although Tony LaRussa did do it twice, I guess. But that was more to stick it to the Rangers. So I was, I was fine with him doing it. But when their guys do it to us, not a fan. Anyway, <laughs> the one good thing that did come out of that, for those of you actual baseball nerds, I'm going to tell you a name right now. And if you're not in the Chicago area, you're not a Chicago uh, baseball fan, you probably know him if you're in the area, or if you're a real diehard. If you're not, it's a name to keep an eye on. Andrew Vaughn. Wrote an article about him uh, for uh, Southside Showdown. This kid's the real deal. First base in Chicago White Sox. He is going to win Rookie of the Year this year. The man is just a pure, natural-born hitter. He's only been paid to hit baseballs for 55 games. A little over 200 at-bats. And he already looks like a professional up there. He works counts. He's drawn walks. He launched a home run inside in a textbook swing. The swing is beautiful. Looks kind of like Josh Donaldson. Got his hands in on this fastball. It's just, he's such a talent. And he was the best hitter in college when he got drafted out of Cal. He hit two in 160 games in college. Well, he was the best college hitter when he got drafted in America. Hit over. It was like 350. Um, well, 50 bombs or something like that, and insane amount. He was he he's a damn good player. Uh, you know, there's not. Um, let's see. Yeah, 374, 50 home runs, 163 RBIs in college. The guy, man's gonna be good. And I was disappointed. I, I wouldn't have mind if they kept him down in the minors because I love Jose Abreu. Just won an MVP. Abreu's my guy. This guy's gonna be good. He's gonna keep the lineage of great White Sox first baseman alive. Uh, the, he he's good. If you want to prop bet this year. Andrew Vaughn, Rookie of the Year, would not be a bad bet. The kid can play. Uh, I've been very impressed with him. In the limited time I've seen him. Mind you, it's only been three games, but uh, so far he's living up to the hype. All right, on to the mainstream sports news. Uh, we're a little bit of a day late and a dollar short, so we got some housekeeping to do here. The news kind of broke 
right after we released our podcast. So if you listen to me on ColorCast on Friday doing the Bulls game, you heard my opinions on it. If not, well, we're going to talk a little Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, obviously. Uh, there's uh, trouble in paradise over there in Seattle. Uh, his agent came out, and you know it's big. And you know there's a problem. His agent put his name on the Adam Schefter tweet. Because usually it's like an anonymous, anonymous source. Russell Wilson's agent went right out. He put his name on it. Uh, saying that Russell Wilson, he's not demanding a trade, but if things don't improve, he will, and there's only four teams he'll waive his, his no-trade cause uh, for. Out of those four teams, uh, it's the Dallas Cowboys, the New Orleans Saints, the Los Angeles Raiders, and, duh, Chicago Bears. So, a little bit surprising there but uh, on the surface, but it makes sense, and we'll dive into it in, in a second. So, uh, why does he want it? He wants to be more involved. Why does he the trade rumors coming? And apparently the situation's getting ugly. It's getting worse before it gets better. Um, they're saying that he wants to be more involved in the offense. He's sick of playing behind a bad offensive line. Quite frankly, he's getting hit a little bit too much, uh, and he wants more say, like in the play, kind of. He wants more say in the play calling. He wants the offense to run through him more, and he wants more say in personnel, front office decision. Apparently, this has been going on for a while. He got into a fight with coaches in a meeting before the Arizona game, I believe it was a Thursday night one they said in the report, uh, where he, he walked out of the meeting because he wasn't happy with the offensive game plan. So, fingers crossed, especially if, just from a Bears perspective here. You keep your fingers crossed that this situation really deteriorates and he, he requests a trade. Because even if he doesn't go to the Bears there, two of those three situations would help us immensely because the quarterback's going on the market. He gets traded to the Raiders, Derek Carr suddenly available, and he still kind of is. I don't think they're going to trade him. I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Like he's not the problem in Oakland or LA, I guess now. Uh, I think he was excellent last year. I think he's a very solid player to be an upgrade over anything the Bears had last year. So if he was available, I would welcome Derek Carr with open arms. And then the other one, Dak Prescott, uh, best quarterback in that division right now. Mind you, that's not saying much, but that's another solid quarterback you can win some games with. So if he gets traded to either one of those. I don't think, let me come out and say first, I don't think he will. If you're Seattle, you're fixing this relationship. You're getting a marriage counselor. You're figuring this thing out. This is like, uh, you know, you're married to a rich guy. You're a gold digger. You're married to a rich guy. You're doing whatever you can to stay in that relationship because, you know, too many free checks coming in. So you're the Seahawks. Russell Wilson's your golden ticket. You're not letting that relationship deteriorate. But if it does, and I'm a Bears fan, I am doing anything in my power. I'm picking up the phone, even right now, picking up the phone, and you, you do everything you can to get Russell Wilson. Anything you can. Because he put he listed you as a team he's interested in going to. The Bears, that's green light. You start. You pick up the phone. You start pestering him. You call him every day. You start offering some trades. I don't care what it is. I'll give it up. Three first-round picks, done. I'll throw in Khalil Mack if I have to. Because Russell Wilson not only top three quarterback in the NFL right now. He's like a generational type talent. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. There's some thick-skulled individual... In our fraternity, I won't name names. We got in an argument. He's like, oh, he had a bad year last year. His bad year, which he didn't. That was a horrible take. Man's an idiot. But uh, 40 touchdowns, 13 picks last year in a bad year. With, mind you, his running backs were hurt. His offensive line's garbage. And I'll be quite honest. I think that receiving core is overrated. I don't think DK Metcalf's all that. I think he's a solid receiver. But Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, like, they're not, you know, it's no Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins. Well, let's get this straight. Russell Wilson's elevating them. He's dragging that team to the playoffs year after year. Uh, and he's, he's won a Super Bowl. Championship pedigree. Knows how to win. You do anything you can't get. Because he would immediately become the biggest sports icon behind Mike, obviously, behind Michael Jordan. But like, 
for the Chicago Bears, best franchise quarterback in history immediately, one of the best overall players. And you know what the most important position is on the field? Quarterback. You give up whatever you can to get him, like especially if he's interested. And, you know, he's got Sierra, obviously, famous in her own right, so, uh, Russell Wilson's uh, wife, uh, Chicago, big market. She would want to go there too. Helps her brand. I believe he has family in Chicago. The food's great. Why wouldn't you want to play in Chicago? He's interested in coming here. And I also heard, too, part of his thinking was, they released in the report, that just for Russell Wilson's brand on its own, he wants to like go in there. Obviously, he wants to have a big say in things. And if he turns it around and thinks he can elevate it, his status as far as like the all-time rankings go, if he can come into Chicago, a team that's never had a good quarterback, kind of a hot mess, elevate them, uh, and uh, you know, turn that team around. It would. It would. He would be a hero in this city, uh, and it would be good. It would be good for all parties involved. So you're the Bears. You pick. And I'm, like I said, are they going to trade them? No. There's no reason to. Just like with the Texans, and that relationship really bad down there. Like yeah, they got a that. That's a. But there's bunch of bumbling going down on in Houston. So at least the Seattle one's repairable, I think. So I don't think they will trade them. But the fact that it's a possibility. You do everything in your power to make it happen. So at least if it doesn't happen, you say, we tried. You know, you get off your ass, you pick up the phone, you try and get Russell Wilson. That, that's my take on that because I, Russell Wilson, the Bears, oh my God, that'd be great. That would be great. Especially, he wants to come here, and I think it would fit. Oh, man. Now, it is kind of a head scratcher. He wants to go from a bad offensive line uh, in Seattle. He'd come to another bad one here, but at least it's, it's a lot better. It doesn't rain as much in, the, in Chicago, and the food's a lot better. You know, I got a fish flying around. In Seattle, you walk down the street in Seattle, you're either getting rained on or you got a duck fish because there's a fish market. I know nothing clearly about uh, Seattle. This is just all stereotypes. <laughs> but in that division, you got that division. There's some pass rushers in that division. You got the Rams, great defense there in Donald. Uh, so they got guys that can get off the quarterback after the quarterback. And the NFC or NFC North, you don't really have the same caliber of passers. Best pass rusher in that division is Khalil Mack. He's on the Bears, assuming you keep him in that trade. They have two powerhouse players. Another pass rusher that just entered that division, you also have to watch out for, J.J. Watt finally decided where he was going to sign. We all thought he wanted to go to a Super Bowl contender and win. I thought winning was important to him. Uh, apparently, uh, money's a little bit more important. He decided to sign with the Arizona Cardinals. To a 23 million, uh, it's 31 million total, but you got to look at the guaranteed money with NFL contracts. That's the real number that counts, a 23 million guarantee. So it's a pretty good payday for him. Uh, I think he's on the back nine of his career, as I've said. Uh, not a terrible move. I mean, it's warm climate, I guess. Kyler Murray is interesting. Hopkins, I heard, was very heavy in recruiting him. But let's be honest, in that division, uh, that's not a Super Bowl team. You know, maybe they make a wild card round if that's what you're into. But like, if you actually wanted to make, make like win a ring, uh, but clearly what he what that move showed is he was more interested in getting paid uh, than getting a ring. That was what was important to him, and I'm not going to judge him for that. Hey, you know, he got to a point in his career where he, he can do what he wanted. He's put in the work and time. Uh, so congratulations to JJ Watt for cashing in on that. But uh, I mean, I think he blew a chance to win a Super Bowl because that team's not. That's a tough division. Hey, even the 49ers, who were the worst team in it last year, they're going to be better. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back. Um, that's going to be a good team. That is, they're, they're competitive. That's a tough division. Uh, so have, have have fun in Arizona. We uh, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what are you going to do? Uh, some other stuff. This is something too. We talked a little baseball before, and this is kind of sickening to hear. Not surprising though. 
uh, that apparently the Cleveland Indians, they knew Mickey Calloway, for those of you who don't know, uh, he was the manager. He just got hired as the pitching coach of the Angels. He was a manager for the Mets for a while, got fired there. Uh, and then he went, uh, he just got hired as a pitching coach by the Angels. We clearly didn't vet him or they didn't care, kind of like the Urban Meyer situation. But uh, it came out that he would. He was sending lewd text reporters and hitting on them, uh, and I believe if we we can pull up the uh, pull up the acquisitions here, man. Bear with me, folks. All right. He has not been fired yet. But as for harassment, he was accused by multiple women of sexual harassment. He was suspended February 2nd and is under investigation. Yet he remains employed, and apparently they're, they're digging through this. Uh, when he was employed by the Indians, they knew about it. It was a quote. There's a Sports Illustrated article talking about it, and one Indians employee in the front office said, yeah, it was the worst kept secret in baseball. Everyone knew about it, and they didn't do anything. So that's not good. You wonder why baseball, I mean, it's not like, it's not like the NFL hasn't had their problems with this, because, like, they have. But they make it like, you know, this is why baseball is way behind in the times. It's, it's considered an old man's game, uh, and you got shit like this happening when you want to try and expand the sport, get more women involved. And this is, you know, you can't, you can't be having this. It's not good. The NFL, they're ending racism with their decals. The MLB, their coaches got to worry about this. Uh, this is, this is, like, you know, that's... I don't know. It's not good. And that, man, that was, that was, uh, Urban Meyer obviously had his, their, their whole thing there. So neither one of them are perfect, but like the MLB, you gotta be better. I mean, simply said that, cause that's, that's not good. And like, he should, he should be fired by now. At least with Urban Meyer, they, they fired the racist coach they hired. I mean, he shouldn't have been hired in the first place, but they fired him really quickly as soon as the bad press came out, which should not have been the reason they fired. But like, this is like, why? There's no reason she should be with the Angels. This is this is an example why the Angels haven't made the playoffs in ten plus years or however long it's been, and you have the best player in the world, one of the best players in baseball history, and Mike Trout. This is why, because you poorly run. That's it in a nutshell. Ugh, makes me sick. Do a little ad reads here. Uh, for the uh, podcast, uh, if you haven't already, uh, check out Fanatics. Uh, you know, we got the link. You, you've, heard the, you've heard the spiel before. You want a new jersey or something, you go to our Twitter bio, at Dorm Room Dispute. You click the link in our description. There's a little link tree. There'll be one that says Fanatics. You click that. Uh, you get, uh, you know, you, you shop as you please. Uh, you know, one-stop shop for everything. You get an Andrew Vaughn jersey. You're going to be the rookie of the year. You'll be out of the time. Everyone's going to be like, wow, who is that? And then he's going to be the hottest jersey available because he's going to be mashing baseballs and be the best hitter out there. And you'll be like, yeah, I got it beforehand, before they rack up the price on you. It'll probably be cheap, too, because no one knows who he is. He's wearing number 81 in spring training. Andrew Vaughn spring training jersey. I don't wonder if they sell those. I'm sure they do. But anyway, you get that there. They'll kick a little portion of that to uh, us and the Unhinged Sports Network, which obviously, you know, you, you've heard their stuff. You listen to it. Uh, you, uh, I hope maybe you're listening to it uh, right now. Uh, so, uh, you, yeah, we, they do good work here. Uh, kick a little bit to them. It would be helpful. And you're going to get yourself a nice jersey, too. Uh, also, you have Fubo TV. You want to watch some of these spring training games. Uh, you know, you don't have cable. You want to watch some NBA games? I don't know, live sports in general. You get Fubo TV. You can get a 14, free 14-day 14 trial. Once again, you go to our Twitter, 
click the link in the uh, bio and it'll take you to Fubo TV is one of those. And once again, it'll kick a portion to the Unhinged Sports Network. Also new, we got some new Dorm Room Dispute merch that came out. Actually, for all the podcasts on Unhinged, once again, it's in the link uh, in the description, but we got these sweet new t-shirts. We got the Unhinged logo on the front. You got our ugly faces on the back, or our logo, I should say. I don't know why you'd want a t-shirt with my face on it. Uh, that that would be uh, would not be good. It wouldn't be good for anyone. No one, no one, no one would look at that. You wouldn't want me on your back. It, it'd be a disaster. But you could have a cool logo. Signed by the one and only, Aiden Conklin. Going to be a world-famous graphic designer. So you're going to be jumping the curb on that sweet logo. You could have it for only $24 on the Unhinged Sports uh Website. They got the new shopping uh, link up there uh, for merch from all of your favorite podcasts on there, including ours. And finally, I'll pull up this uh, last one here. We got exciting news. Exciting news. Exciting news that I can't seem to find. A little uncoordinated today. Ah, okay. Here we go. This episode. This is the this is today's episode. Besides our other fine sponsor, it's brought to you by Prime Time Sports Talk, your top source for all major sports content, including daily fantasy sports, fantasy advice, and great gambling tips. Be sure to talk to that. Be sure to head to primetimesportstalk.com to check out their in-depth analysis, exclusive articles, articles, fascinating interviews, and explore the rest of their amazing podcast family. Again, primetimesportstalk.com, your go-to spot for sports sports content. And we are reading that because we, uh, we're we announcing officially today on the podcast that we'll be joining them as well. We will also we'll, we will be remaining on Unhinged, but another uh, spot you can find us is on Primetime Sports Talk. Uh, they do do great work. Uh, MJ, he runs, MJ Hurley, he's a classmate of ours. He runs a podcast. They interviewed uh, Jim McMahon, best quarterback in Bears history. They, they, they got lots of good stuff, some great writing, and uh, we'll be adding us. Obviously, we have free money. We kind of nail the gambling tips, so I mean, you don't even have to listen to theirs. You just listen to ours. Uh, but I guess ours is theirs now because we're joining the website. So another cool outlet you can find us on. All righty, let's move plow ahead here. Another slow, like kind of a slow sports uh, sports week. Uh, but, uh, you know, some, exciting, some mini exciting news for Bulls fans. Zach Levine's going to the three-point contest. What can't this man do? He's already won a dunk contest. He's going to win the three-point contest. They're going to make the playoffs this year. He's going to be on his way to the ring. And he's going to, make, he's going to be the new uh, face of the NBA, Zach Levine. Just kidding. Obviously not. But speaking, this is a good segue, though. Speaking of the face, face of the league, uh, you know, I've had my problems with uh, Kyrie Irving. I think he's kind of a hack. He claims he's an artist. I think he's full of himself. That guy could fart and th- he'd bodily bottle it and smells it in the morning. He's so full of himself. But I actually think, surprisingly, this is one of the few times I agree with him on something. I think he, he made a good point. Uh, he suggested having uh, Kobe Bryant as the logo of the league. Uh, obviously, he's kind of this generation's version of uh, Michael Jordan. He inspired a lot of people. He, he even played it with, with Michael. But like, he was the closest thing to Michael Jordan you're ever going to get. Uh, he, was, he was almost. He basically copied his game. He had all the moves. That's the closest thing you're going to get to MJ. Generational type player. Inspired a lot of the NBA players today. And obviously, uh, you know, he was just getting started after his career after basketball. Very talented guy. He won an Oscar. Uh, you know, he was doing a lot of great things. Uh, and they were suggesting that he, he should take over as the new, the new logo. And I think that's a great idea. Because Kyrie is right. First off, uh, the, the NBA logo is a white guy. It's Jerry West. I mean, no disrespect to Jerry West, excellent player, but come on. 
Most people don't even know who he is. Most people, he's my age is out. They don't even know who Jerry West is. I mean, the NBA, let's, let's be honest, because Kyrie said it himself, Black Kings built the league. And it's true. The NBA, the logo, should not be the silhouette of a white guy. Kobe Bryant would be the perfect candidate for it. And I know a lot of people are like, well, if you're going to change it, it should be the best player. It should be like Bill Russell or it should be uh, Michael Jordan. And, uh, you know, it'd be one of the best, the better players in the league. It's like, why? I mean, never Jerry West was never the... I mean, when Jerry West was playing, Bill Russell was still in the league, too. He was never the best player in the league. I think Kobe would be the perfect perfect replacement logo. I think that is a great idea. I think they should get on it. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I mean, Adam Silver, he's pretty progressive about these sort of things. Uh, they, they usually get on it, so I'm sure they'll look into it uh, at the very least. But I think it's a great idea. And, you know, Jerry West, the logo himself, he even said, like, I don't think I should be the logo either. Jerry West is on <laughs> Jerry West is on his side, too. Uh, so I think... That would be that would be good. I think that would be. Uh, I was smart. I, I I agree with him. What's going on with the Lakers? Man, they stink now. No, no, Anthony Davis, and they're unraveling. And I know there's a LeBron minutes thing. I'm getting a little concerned here. Right when I picked them with conviction, still going with the Lakers. I think once Anthony Davis is healthy, he'll be fine. But uh, the minutes thing for LeBron's a little bit overblown. They played because some competitors as of late, and uh, they're kind of getting the crap kicked out of. Them. It's not. It's been ugly over there in LA. Uh, Dennis Schroeder. I mean, that team is like two different teams without him. But uh, it shouldn't be as bad as it looks right now. The the game against Brooklyn was very telling. uh, The gap between the two as of right now, especially without Anthony Davis. Uh, They they spend. They the Lakers got to figure their stuff out because it should not be this bad. Uh, Especially because LeBron basically picked this team himself. They got better, but, like, the loss against the Suns last night was a little inexcusable. They should not have lost that game. And that's not a, that's not a knock against the Suns. I think the Suns are a very good team. I think that's they're kind of a dark horse team that's flying under the radar. But to lose by nine to or how many? It was like nine or ten. Something ridiculous. It will, we'll pull it up uh, right now. Yeah, they lost by ten. That should not have happened. That's a problem. You might want to figure that out because the Nets are starting to figure that And I, I still stand by what I said. Nets come playoff time. James Harden, you know, the scoring dries up in the playoffs. He's not getting the calls. But uh, the gap is not should not be that big. Now, it should also be noted, before you push the panic button too much, that LeBron's teams traditionally usually struggle midseason, uh, around January, February. I mean, it happened in Cleveland. You know, they kind of hit that midseason rut. So, I'm sure they'll figure it out once Anthony Davis is back. But, uh, that trend, that's a trend they're going to need to buck quick. They got to they gotta figure, they got to figure something out. Not time to panic yet, but, uh, a little soul searching here. It's kind of, it's kind of getting ugly. Suns, though, I got to say, I, we, I watched them, we did the broadcast with Colorcast on the Friday. And I like that team. It's, they're, they're one player away from being a legit title contender. Right now, they can ruffle a couple feathers and make some noise. They're going to make it very difficult on some teams in the playoffs. But uh, Devin Booker, elite scorer. Chris Paul, he just knows, like, that man is that you want to, if you want to know how to play the game of basketball, you watch Chris Paul. That guy, he does not get enough credit in the NBA. He had 15 assists against the Bulls. But the way he managed that game, uh, he, he scored some clutch buckets too. Just being in the right position, Putting everyone where there's telling everyone where they're supposed to go. Uh, he managed the flow of the game. He he led the comeback for him because they were down in that second half. Big Chris Paul fan. I think I, he needs an NBA title before he leaves. But this is a pretty good team. Him and Devin Booker is a great pair because Chris Paul knows how to run an offense. 
Devin Booker's an elite scorer. You got uh, DeAndre Aiden inside, who's he's a great. He's another underrated center. He's a very good player there. And then you got a little bit of shooting. Cameron Johnson can shoot. Uh, I like Jay Crowder off the bench. Etwan Moore, another guy that's not bad. And Frank Kaminsky had a nice game too. I love Frank Kaminsky. It's too bad he spells his name wrong. I my my Kaminsky, I have no relation here, but local guy from Illinois. He's a White Sox fan, even better. And he shares the same last name, except he spells it with a Y instead of an I. But we'll cut him some slack for that. But how can you? I like him. Phoenix Suns, man. That's my might be uh that might be if the one that if the Bulls get knocked out, they're they're done. The, see, that might be, that might be my bandwagon team is the Suns. I, I like the way I like the way they are playing uh, right now. It, here's something that you if you're watching watching the games recently there's two teams that baffle me one's the bucks that team's out winning the title Giannis, like i for an mvp caliber player i mean he's won the mvp twice but i feel like because of the lack of shooting there they're not going to win. I mean, he's very easy to stop. They got railed by the Nuggets last night. Teams know how to defend them. That's a team that's not, they, that, that, that should be a title contender, and they're not. The other team that I feel should be a title contender is the Celtics, who they had a nice win against the Clippers. But they're kind of mediocre right now, too, at 18 and 7. They're only a game above 500. And that's where being stingy all the time kind of comes back to hurt you. The Celtics are a team. They collect all these draft picks. They always make sure they win their trades. They need to go out and get a star player because they're going to waste Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's prime, and before you know it, they're going to want to leave. Jalen Brown's going to be gone, and then it's like, oh, crap. Well, we won all those trades. What happened? It's like with the, the Cavs. I mean, not, that's a bad example, but, uh, you know, they built the perfect core there. They need, they're like one guy away. They need. They needed. They needed to go out and like this. This off season. Why didn't they go get a free agent? Why like when James Harden was on the market? Why not make an offer? Maybe they did, but like they, they should have pursued getting uh, James Harden or some sort of star player better because this is what you're gonna get. And I. But I mean that team. I'd like. Here's. I mean. I'll. I'd take the Celtics right now over the. Uh, the Bucks, I think they're a little deeper. If I'm being completely honest with you, but like that's a team that doesn't really impress me either. And I think it's like the West. Whoever's whoever's winning the West is winning the NBA title this year because the West is going to be a gauntlet. There's a lot of teams I like in the West. A lot of teams I like the Clippers. That's that's a team that can win. Like teams that can win a title, like actually win a title. It's not a very big list. I think the Clippers are one. I think the Nets. I like the Lakers. That's about it. Those three. Clippers, Nets, Lakers. Second tier, teams that can make conference final, make it interesting, make life difficult. If I had to do my, we'll do a little NBA tier thing here. Uh, I, I would put the um, put the Suns there. The Nuggets would be on there. Uh, the the Jazz would be there. I don't think the the Jazz would be right there. That's about it, too. Yeah. Those six. First, the first three are in the bubble. The other ones are just outside the bubble. I had to do my championship bubble, I guess. Kind of like the, the, the cowherd, cowherd style. 
that's all we got for you this week. I got nothing else. Like I said, it was slow, slow sports week. I mean, I could rant about the water some more, but I'm sure you guys don't want to hear that. Uh, oh, you know what? I do have one more thing. This is this is one last minor thing. The uh, the Washington football team, they released Alex Smith. Obviously, that stinks. Going to come back player of the year. Two things on that. Number one, the Bears were rumored to be interested in him. No way. Do not, don't you dare get Alex Smith. Because we have problems with Nick Foles, and that's another problem. They're saying, well, maybe we'll bring Nick Foles back. You bring Nick Foles back, you throw in the towel. Like, it's, it's officially over. You're blowing the thing up. You're just asking you to get fired if you are Ryan Pace and you bring Nick Foles back. Or they've been. Because we saw Nick Foles, who wasn't mobile behind that dog shit offensive line, what happened, and it was not pretty. You think Alex Smith is going to get back there and be much better? They, that man will get killed. That would be a death sentence if the Bears sign him. So this interest in Alex Smith should not be a thing. Please, please do not get it. Because you were just asking to lose the division, if that is the case. Don't don't let it happen. The other one is, too, and this is this is something I meant. So this would have been nice if Marshall was on this week, because we could have argued about this. But we were arguing during the season. I don't remember if we had this on the air or not. I don't think we did. But, like, Redskins were going for the division, obviously. Because, like, all those teams were kind of crap. Uh, and they obviously were making a playoff push. It's like, well, why wouldn't you just try and tank and so you can get a quarterback next year? I'm not a huge fan of tanking. I think here, here's why. Because now he said his, his argument was, like, now you released Alex Smith, you got no quarterback, and you kind of messed up your draft pick because you made the playoffs. Well, one, I think 19, you could do a lot. I mean, the picking 19th, it's not terrible. You, you could do... A lot worse than that. You can find you can find someone of value there. Maybe trade it, find a quarterback. Yeah, Taylor Heineke that showed you little things. But I think these teams, like you take, and I mind you, it's a different sport. But you take the Miami Heat for example. The reason they've been successful for so many years and free agents always want to go there is two things. Number one, obviously, it's Miami, so it's a great it's a great city to play. I mean, the weather's warm. There's uh, boobies and booger sugar. I, it's it's a great party. Like I mean, why wouldn't you want to go to Miami? But anyway, um, this number two is they never tank. They have a winning culture down there. Even when they were in like a retooling phase and LeBron and all of them left, they always try and stay competitive. Like they didn't really care about the draft pick. They're trying to stay competitive. And you build a winning culture, and that's when people. That's when if you're a free agent, you want to go to a team that's ready to win now, in a, in a great city like that. Like that. That's a huge thing. So, like, with Washington, too, you're building the winning culture. You're teaching some of these young guys to win. And the defense is good. We saw they gave Tom Brady problems in the playoffs, and that team went on to win the Super Bowl in the, with Tampa Bay. So the, the pieces are there. You got some pieces on the defensive side. And then you got Terry McLaurin, underrated wide receiver. I think you got they got the running game figured out as well. You got all the pieces there. You just got to find the quarterback. But, like, building a winning culture is important because you can still pick up a free agent. Like, people want to play there. Or you can draft someone. And you bring a quarterback in to a situation that's used to winning, and they have a winning culture that Ron Rivera's trying to build, and solid culture, they're going to succeed more than if you go to a team that's tanking like the Jaguars, and they're going into a dumpster fire. So that's why I think I'm all for the Redskins trying to make the playoffs. I don't think they're screwed and the future's so gloomy because there's a reason they cut Alex Smith. They could have kept him. But they know they can get a better option and an upgrade at the quarterback position. He's not all that. There's a reason they got rid of him. Reports were they weren't even all that sold on him last year. They weren't uh, all invested in his comeback. 
But I mean, and it's not a knock on Alex Smith. I do like Alex Smith. I think he's a very he, he's a solid quarterback. Injury, it's a shame he got injured because he used to be mobile too. I, I think everyone's like, oh, he's a check down Charlie. I think he's a better quarterback. Than people can give him credit for. Took teams to AFC or, uh, NFC Championship game, San Fran. I mean, he was very good in Kansas City. He's a good quarterback. So not a knock against him. But like, I, I think. The Washington football team, how they handled last year, trying to go make the playoffs, like they, not, I don't think they're they're in trouble at all. I think that's a good culture they're building there. They find they draft a quarterback, they're going to be in good shape with that defense, some pieces in place, good coaching staff. You're going to be set. And even Taylor Heineke, you know, maybe maybe he's the guy. I don't think so, but he performed well in the playoff game, so you never know. But my prediction with Taylor Heineke, he, Taylor Heineke. It's going to be another Caleb Haney situation like with the Bears when he came in in the NFC Championship game and he kind of balled out. He almost brought him back. That's what I think we have with Heineke. But hey, you never know. Tony Dungy was on that broadcast and he said, this guy looks good. This guy looks, this guy looks very good. So we shall see. That is all we have for you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day.